In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. Well, I hope everybody's doing great. It's time for another edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. My name is Andy Baskin. Meredith Kane is our outstanding producer. And my friend that we are speaking to each and every show is Daryl Ryder, the Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan. Daryl, a uh, couple of things we're going to get to today. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the schedule because the schedule was released. Uh, we're also going to get into some of the minutia of what's going on maybe a little bit with minicamp and the rookies coming in and social media it is a hot topic and you found yourself in the middle of a firestorm again this week so daryl hello how are you how are things going i i am good uh the schedule is out we can make plans for the upcoming season we know where we need to be and when and I, I do kind of feel like the schedule guide smiled on the browns just a little bit to kind of give them uh, a bit of a jump start this year. So uh, it's good the schedule's out. Rookie minicamp uh, takes place over the weekend. Uh, that's exciting. The Browns signed a bunch of their uh, draft picks as well. Uh, so, yeah, good times to be had here in the offseason. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got drilled pretty good this week by Browns fans. <laughs> uh, you're going to want to listen to what's going on behind the scenes on that, so make sure you're sticking around for the entire podcast. And if you like the podcast and what you've heard before or what you're hearing for the first time today, we're glad you're on board. All you need to do is subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. And remember, you wanted to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, Daryl, I, I, first let's start here. I, you know, we work with a guy and maybe for a guy in the poobah that we call on our show, Andy Roth, that just thinks schedule day is like he is like a five-year-old at his own birthday party looking to watch these schedules come out and make such a big deal about it. We knew who the team was going to play home and away. We just didn't know what the order was. Right. And by the way, I mean, anyone that follows the league, if they have any source at all, had the schedule leaked well before the television shows last night. Uh, is there a different way to handle the schedule release um, so that things – is it good that things get leaked out or is it bad that things – I'm just kind of – I think it's one of the most overrated days, but it's still fun, and I can, like, a pitch that's coming on the inside, and I know our team needs to get to first base. I'll lean in, and I'll take a hit because it's not horrible. Well, the NFL's a marketing machine, and they turned a one-day event. Now it's a week-long event, right? Because they have right. their television partners uh, every morning releasing a, a, a select game on television. Okay, I, I think it's they're going to find a way to drag the thing out even longer than what it already is. Uh, someone made uh, a suggestion that they release a, a game each day. For like the Ugh. 200 and however many games the, the league ends up playing. I'm like, yeah, please don't give the NFL marketing people any ideas because if we have like <laughs> 258 days of this stuff, uh, yeah, it's not going to be good for anybody. But um, it certainly helps with uh, you know writing and, and things like that when stuff comes out uh, a little earlier. Um, there's a reason that we're able to have like a thousand words published the moment the schedule's released. For, uh, exactly. You know, exactly. For, for, you know, fans that wonder how we turn content around so quickly. Um, there's this thing, a uh, little behind the scenes for you, because that's what we like to sure. do here on the podcast is take you behind the scenes. Um, and so it, it's called embargo. So the agreement is we get the schedule, you know, a couple hours in advance. 
and we agree that we will not release any of the information and we will wait for the official announcement. And what that allows us to do is to knock out some kind con- some content for you to, to be able to consume as soon as that schedule is officially announced by the team uh, and the league. So uh, it's, it, it's very helpful for us because that means we're not up till midnight and 2 a.m. writing stuff uh, about the schedule. Very, very helpful there. Uh, certainly appreciative uh, of that. Uh, and, and again, it just kind of gives us an idea of how the calendar is uh, you know, going to fall and where the Browns are going to be and what week and, and whatnot. So we're going to break the schedule down for you. All 17 games, uh, we'll give our thoughts as far as how we think the Browns are going to fare week to week. And, of course, uh, you know, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Daryl, let's go back to that embargo thing real quick. Embargo works for people who are covering the team on a daily basis. But if, uh, I don't know, someone's sitting in a bar and happens to be work, sitting next to somebody who works for one of these teams and the schedule pops up and they look over and they glean, and they glean in and they're like, oh, look at that. Uh, the Browns are going to open up with Carolina. They don't care about embargo. They're just going to go with it and tell you. That's why I thought it was super interesting uh, during the schedule release day that there was a guy that went on Twitter, or a guy or gal, I'm not sure, um, that went on Twitter and did a whole thing called NFL schedule leaks yeah. and made up everybody's schedule. And like <laughs> by midday in the, in the process was like, ha ha, I got 10,000 followers and I made up all of these schedules. Yeah, it was hysterical. A, it, it was crazy because he, he makes up all the schedules. God bless him for having that kind of time. Number one. Right. And then number two, after he builds this massive following in the blink of an eye, he got like 10,000 followers in a couple of hours he then nuked his own account and was like, y'all stupid for following me. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was pretty funny. Now, there, there was a Brown schedule that was, circula- was circulating on, on Twitter. And the hardest thing uh, to do when you actually know the schedule because you're, you're under the embargo you do, and you, you don't do anything to violate that trust. Trust is very important in our business. The hardest thing to do is to tell fans whether or not that schedule is authentic or not. And, uh, yes, the one that was circling, is circulating on Twitter ended up ultimately being uh, authentic. Uh, but, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it was entertaining for me to watch that one account gather all those f- followers and then just basically dump all over everybody <laughs> in the middle of the day. He – he or she, the the creator of that particular account, really kind of had an opportunity to, to drag that thing out all day. I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Yeah, but, I was uh, surprised too. They kind of gave up early. Yeah, during our show, uh, our over the air show with Jeff Phelps, that you know, like I had what I believed to be the schedule for pretty much the entire show, um, but yet it was you, just, you never know, and you don't. And, and beyond that, you, you you're right about the embargo stuff, and so you don't really want to do that. So I went hard at the end of the show and just said I went for what wasn't a game, and I'm like, all I want is a week nine bye. Just give me that week nine <laughs> bye. Well, I mean, I knew they had the week nine bye, so I'm not right. Nostradamus on that. But it was just so, you know. And by the way, that week nine bye is a pretty big deal. I think having one in the middle of the season, uh, you can't ask for anything better. I think the late bye is not good, and an early bye is horrible. Yeah, that, horrible well, the December bye they had last season really sucked the life out of them. Um, yes. Because, I mean, they basically limped to the finish line. Granted, injuries plus 
the December COVID outbreak uh, certainly were contributing factors to that. Uh, but yeah, the, the buy falls at a perfect time for them. First weekend uh, of, uh, uh, of November, actually, t- I guess you could say technically. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's the first weekend because they'll play on Halloween, which I totally love. We'll get into that. Uh, I do too. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, the, the bye week comes there. The, the fir- first official weekend uh, of November uh, sets up a, 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 t- a pretty tough stretch run because they're only going to play three home games the rest of the way, and they have three back-to-back road trips uh, sprinkled in there as well. So uh, favorable early on, uh, going to have to be road warriors down the stretch uh, if they're going to get to the postseason. So I, when I initially saw what the schedule was, I was like, okay, well, this this isn't – first of all, I, I want to go look at strength and schedule, but I know it's garbage because you never know what a team's going to be like from year to year. Yeah. And you never – that's the beauty of the NFL, and I think that's why we're all hooked because you really don't know. One time you, you could be – like the Bengals are the, are the prime example of a team that you just don't know. I You know – they're not the respect factor for Cincinnati is is minimal at this point. I can't tell you how many people I've heard ah one hit wonder one hit wonder. Well, they get to go out and prove it. But the beauty of the league again is you just don't know what a team's going to be, and you can look and say, okay, well, you know, we're playing, uh, I don't know, at Houston, you know, and they were four and thirteen last year, and they're going to suck. Well, you don't know what they're going to look like when you get there in week thirteen, and you don't know what you're going to look like in week thirteen. So. That's the one issue I have with the schedule game is you just don't really know. Yes, it's fun. And the other part of this, and we'll talk about this right now, and then we'll get into more of the, the, the meat, and I still want your initial reaction, um, that you look at strength of schedule, and, like, the Bengals have the third hardest strength of schedule based on last year's uh, records that the teams are playing at a 520 clip. The Browns and Jets are both setting up for the 17th, Hardest schedule, but it's under 500. It's at 495. And then the one that scares me the most, if you believe in strength of schedule, is the Ravens. Yeah. Their schedule is the 23rd hardest, which is or 23rd easiest, the hardest. I don't know. How you want to look hardest at, um, at 475 at 474. So that scares the you know what out of me because we know what the Ravens are, what the Ravens can be, and now you're going to hand them the 23rd easiest schedule in the NFL. That to me was like eye-opener because that makes me think, boy, this could be some year for Baltimore. Well, a couple years ago, just because I got really bored in the offseason, I actually did a strength of schedule study. Now, granted, this was where uh, during the period where the Browns were stringing together last place finishes uh, on an annual basis, but uh, it was pretty close going into the season what the strength of schedule was, and then ultimately the schedule the Browns ended up playing. It, it was was fairly comparable there wasn't uh there wasn't a great disparity in that so I do think it all evens out in the end but you're right um when when you look at strength of schedule you have to understand teams completely uh, overhaul their their rosters in the offseason you know it's your point about Cincinnati and being accused of being the one hit one or whatever I only go that route when they blow up the team in the offseason. The Bengals didn't get blown up in the offseason. In fact, they rebuilt they their offensive better. line, and they arguably yeah, they are, a, are, are a better uh, football team. So I still say the Bengals are the team to beat. You're 100% about the, uh, right about the Ravens. Uh, they're very, very good. I'm extremely cautious about burying the Pittsburgh Steelers because every time I do, Easter comes and they rise from the dead. So uh, I... Uh, this is one of the toughest divisions uh, in the NFL, the AFC North. But 
the Browns have the personnel uh, to compete and position themselves to have a, the ability to win the division. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is they haven't won a division since 1989. So we'll see. Uh, uh, interesting note on the Jets coming up. You're going to want to hear this, Browns fan. So we'll tell you about that coming up here in a second. We're going to go through the schedule. We're going to play the schedule game. We'll see how many games we think the Browns are going to win this season coming up. But uh, you're going to do some juggling on that, and we'll get into that when we come back. And you don't want to miss Daryl's behind-the-scenes stuff of social media for him this week. And I, I can't wait to hear what went down and how things happened. It's all interesting, and I'm like, wow, I can't wait to hear this. So, all right, it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, you better remember to subscribe to it. It's always game day in Cleveland feed. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Meredith Kane is our amazing producer who's on board with us this morning. Let's go through the schedule. Okay, J- uh, Daryl, this is what um, I think a lot of people wanted to do. They were excited about it. We knew they were going to play. We just didn't know the order of who they were going to play, and then that finally came to fruition. Uh, Daryl, before we get into it real quick, I just wanted to point out that you know, we make a big deal about weather and the Browns and being tough and being able to play in the cold uh, at the end of the season. The beauty right. is we end at Pittsburgh, where the average uh, temperature in that last game, which will be January 7th or 8th, will be 28 to 35 degrees. At least that's what it's <laughs> been historically. So, And we'll I just have to, to wait you... and see if the Browns leave Heinz Field with their head coach, right? <laughs> Isn't that the annual <laughs> tradition? <laughs> I'm is kidding. Ch- I'm wait, kidding. Hey, is Chud still there? Did anybody go back and pick him up? <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, that used to be the annual tradition. Uh, death taxes and the Browns fire their coach after losing to the Steelers in the final week of the season. Like, I mean, like clockwork, right? So just having a little fun before people get all angry at me. You can get angry at me in the end of the podcast, but <laughs> I'm just the saying, beauty- like, that, that used to be the tradition, though, right? <laughs> I know. The the beauty of Pittsburgh is if you get fired there, you don't have to uh, go home on the school bus. You can sign out and go right. home with your parents. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll <laughs> one day I have to tell the story about uh, the Chudzinski firing and the volume of Browns players that were texting me on the ride home asking me if Chud had been fired, and I'm texting him back. I'm like, I'm hoping you can tell me if he's been fired yet. <laughs> Aren't you on the bus with him? That's what you should have said. <laughs> right. uh, how about going up and asking him? Could have done that. All right, I, that's the story I want to hear. But let's go through the schedule because I know uh, that is one of our key uh, conversations here today. Um, Daryl, when I look at the beginning of the schedule, and let's just take these a couple at a time. Um, at Carolina, the Jets. Now, I was telling you that there was a stat about the Jets that uh, it just blows me away. They haven't won a game in September since 2018. So let's let's tackle those first two games there. How at very Carolina, of them. That is very Browns of them. Uh, let's tackle the first two games. At Carolina, where they were 5-12 and 12 last year, and then you've got the Jets at home in the home opener on September 18th. For the first time in generations, the Browns, bold prediction here, the Cleveland Browns are going to win their season opener. Dun-dun-dun-dun. They will start 1-0, right. and I'm going to top it. Okay. Not only are they going to start 1-0, they're going to start – Two and zero. Thanks to our team that hasn't won a September game since uh, 2018. Correct. They and the Browns have. Uh, Browns have only started one and zero one time. They beat the Ravens 20 to three back in 2004. They have never in the expansion era won two games to start the season. You got to go back, I believe, all the way to 1993. 
the last time the Browns started 2-0. So I say this year, this fall, hot start for the Brownies, 2-0. Wins at Carolina and then back home against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Now, do you say those uh, thinking that Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starting quarterback or that Deshaun Watson's the starting quarterback? I say that thinking it doesn't matter who the starting quarterback is. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, And will Baker Mayfield be on the sidelines in Carolina not wearing a Browns uniform playing for Carolina? Sidelines? I hope the dude is on the field wearing that Panther powder blue. I am praying to the football gods that he gets traded to the Panthers so we get Deshaun V. Baker week one. What compelling television that will that would be if that happens, right? So I we're not supposed to root in the media for stuff. I understand that, except for rooting for the story. Well, that would be the story, right? So I have to root hard for that story that Andrew Barry gets together with the Panthers, writes a big fat check, and sends Baker to Carolina. So right out of the gate, we have the the game of games, right? Baker against Deshaun. Baker against his former team. Baker against the dude that replaced him. Now that is a compelling storyline to kick off your season. So make it happen, that al- Andrew. That also sounds better than a 1 o'clock CBS game. All right, so we, let's By go to way, week they three. Play a lot, they play a I lot know. of 1 o'clock CBS games this year. Outside of the prime time and the flex games that are built into the schedule, every kickoff is 1 p.m., uh, which I did find that interesting. They didn't get any of those 420 uh, you know, national windows or anything like that. That was a little surprising to me that they only got the two prime time week, uh, the the two prime time games, um, and everything else kicks off at one o'clock. But again, built into the schedule, not only the flex for Sunday night football weeks five to fifteen, uh, but uh, weeks seventeen and eighteen. Both are not only flex weeks uh, as far as kickoff time, but as far as the day, whether the Browns ultimately play on a Saturday or they play on a Sunday. Uh, uh, Daryl, just I don't, uh, do you know the rule off the top of your head? Because I think they can do that. Like, let's just say, let's say that Sunday game uh, against the Bills, and I, I'm not trying to jump out of order here, but that Sunday game at Buffalo, which is also a one o'clock start on CBS, if for some reason, I, I I don't know why they couldn't flip that to a 4:30 start. What, yes, is they, there a yes, rule against? They yes, they can. They that happens okay. all the time, especially with the, yeah. with the Sunday night football. The the four o'clock windows, uh, we we see those get flexed all the time, as well right. as that 8:20 uh, Sunday night football kickoff. Yeah, like I keep looking at that Bills game and thinking if Deshaun Watson's the quarterback of the Browns and they do as well as we think they are to start the season. Uh, that game becomes a Sunday afternoon game. That becomes a 4:30 kick. All right, let's go back through the schedule. You've got them two and zero so far, yep. uh, and beating Carolina, beating the Jets. Now you come to your first primetime game. Uh, it is a Thursday nighter, September 22nd, week three. It is on Amazon Prime, uh, but there should be a local affiliate that will carry that uh, for free for you. Steelers first meeting. Mitchell Trubisky coming back to Cleveland to take on his hometown team. But I'm going Browns. Homer Schill, 3-0 start for the Browns. I'm going to take you one further. I think the team could start the season 4-0. Because now you go to Atlanta in week four. And, you know, here's a team that's got Marcus Mariota coming in now. They were 7-10 and last year. I think there are plenty of question marks. I, I, I'm hesitant to say that's a, that's a win right now when I look at it. 
because I want to see what Atlanta looks like the first three weeks of the season. But I definitely think that is a winnable game at Atlanta on October 2nd. 100%. I, too, have them starting 4-0. and Great minds wow. think alike. All right, Daryl. So both of us think they're 4-0, and and someone's going to burn this tape if they don't start 4-0. and I do just – the nature of the NFL makes me think they're going to be three and one to start the season. Right. One of those they're games gonna, is going to be gonna, Yeah, I mean they're probably going to lose one of the one of the first uh, four games. But when I just look at the the opponents, uh, what the Browns have versus them, I think that the Browns are the better football team in each one of their first four games, and that's why I'm have I have them starting four and zero. All right, here's where I think things are getting a little bit rocky. While it's a home game, and the Chargers have to come all the way across the country to play this game, uh, I. Uh, this is where I think things start to get a little bit shaky. What do you think of that Chargers game on October 9th? Yeah, that, that's their. I got that as their first loss of the season. But the fact that it's a 1 o'clock kickoff, I think, helps the Browns. Because remember, the Chargers are coming east, and their bodies are still on that West Coast time. So it's actually, what, uh, 10 a.m. for them uh, body clock-wise. So I think that that kickoff start actually gives the Browns a bit of a home field advantage as opposed to, uh, you know, it being scheduled uh, for four. But uh, just because I'm not going to have the Browns going 17-0 and here, uh, I, got, I do have to pick some losses in here. So uh, we'll say that that is my first loss of the season uh, for the Browns. Yeah, I think if things stand pat, if things play out the way we think they are, because I, I, I want them to be 4-0 and to start the season. I just know better. I, and I think best case scenario is probably three and one to start the season. So maybe that Chargers game turns into one of those games that you're right with a one o'clock game against a West Coast team. You could still be looking at a four and one start, no, no matter where that loss comes. Then on Sunday, October 16th, you've got the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick. Who knows how many more times he'll make a trip to Cleveland to actually coach? So uh, this one I have chalked up as a loss. Yeah, uh, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, but I am going to disagree with you. I think oh. that the Browns beat Bill Belichick. They channel their inner Eric Mangini and find a way to get it done. Uh, so I've, I've got the, the Browns off to an incredible 5-1 and one start to the year. Now, also looking backwards just through that schedule, you only have, what, two, two teams that have made the playoffs from the year before, the Steelers who made it in at 9-7 and seven and the Patriots right. through their first six weeks. So that's why I do think that the potential, especially if Deshaun Watson is playing quarterback, is through the roof for the first beginning of the season. So you go past the Patriots, and now you've got Baltimore. And i got to tell you, Baltimore scares the you-know-what out of me just because I talked about strength of schedule, where they were, coming back from injury. Um, uh, and you're at Baltimore on Sunday, October 23rd. Yeah, I, that one I've got them losing uh, at Baltimore. Uh, I, I the, We talked about how tough this division is. I think if the – the base goal for the Browns should be three and three in the division at worst. You can't be below 500. If you can get to four and two in the division, that's great. But at worst, you need to split uh, within the AFC North. Uh, maybe this is the year you finally sweep the Steelers, but I do think they lose October 23rd in Baltimore. Uh, let's talk about the Bengals game then right after that too. That's the Halloween game on October 31st. Yeah, I I kind of like the Browns in that one. Just the, I the do too because it's you, at home. You, the, yeah, in the atmosphere, it's Halloween, right? It's Monday Night Football. Fans are going to be all, uh, shall we say, lubricated, ready to go. Probably, yeah. uh, a little home field advantage there. Uh, trick or treat. Uh, 
you know, a game that's going to be scary for defenses. How many Halloween puns can we uh, throw in here? I think it's going to be a treat for fans with Joe Burrow v. Deshaun Watson. So I've got the Browns winning on Halloween, which means they go into the bye. Uh, four, five, six, six and two. Got to do the math. I was told there would be no math this morning, but yeah, six and two headed into the week nine bye. All right, we're on the same page, six and two going into the bye. So let's do this. We've already gone through half the season. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back and we will talk about the rest of the season and uh, and get there and see if this team's a playoff team plus behind the scenes of Daryl's social media. Uh-huh incident that he may have had incident i don't know if that's a fair word but you'll find out coming up on it's always game day in cleveland if you like what you're hearing remember to subscribe to the it's always game day in cleveland feed remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts it's always game day in cleveland welcome back to it's always game day in cleveland daryl Ryder, andy baskin meredith kane is our outstanding producer uh as we look at the brown schedule and when we last left you before the bye it was the brown six and two going into the bye and you're feeling confident about that, Daryl, right? I am very, very confident. And as we go through this, I am assuming that Deshaun Watson is playing from week one, that there is no discipline, uh, because that, I think that's the fairest way to do it. He has not been uh, disciplined by the league. He is available. So uh, I am proceeding as if he is uh, going to start all 17 games for the Browns. But, yeah, 6-2 and two, I think is very, very doable. Odds are they'll probably go into the bye five and three because it's the NFL. They'll probably lose a game that everyone expects them to win or win a game that no one expects them to win. So that's just how the NFL and the law averages work out. But, yeah, I, I think going into the bye week six and two, very, very doable. All right, let's look at the second half of the season because it's significantly on paper today looks much tougher than the beginning of the season. And you go right to uh, – the, the good part about it is it's November 13th. It's probably going to be warm still in Miami. And you go to Miami to start things off after the bye. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they come out of the bye uh, refreshed and they win that game. So they will uh, – I got them starting, believe it or not, 7-2. and two. And they've only won seven games in a season four times since 1999. So this will be the, the fifth year that the Browns are going to win at least seven games in a season. And by those standards, it's going to be a good year for the Browns football. So uh, I, I got them coming out of the bye with a victory in Miami. Uh, so, again, when the Browns travel, it seems to be they're traveling in packs, and that's very evident in the second half of the season where they're road, road, home, road, road, home, home, road, road. And so that's the way the season plays out. And I think one of the toughest games of the season, uh, two of the toughest games of the season are going to be back-to-back, especially depending on – Tom Brady, because you're looking at two of the best quarterbacks in the game. When you go to Buffalo on November 20th, um, where the temperature should be anywhere between 48 and 34 degrees going up against a team that was 11 and 6, and Browns fans always keep their eye on. Yeah, well, th this is where the adversity kicks in, and we'll really find out what this football team uh, is made of. Uh, I, I believe I read they travel the fourth fewest miles of any team this year. They leave the Eastern time zone just once, and that's when they go to Houston. Otherwise, they play every every game this year in the Eastern time zone. It, it's, right. it, it's it's incredible. They no West Coast trip uh, for them. Uh, you know, no six hour plane rides or whatever uh, it is to to get to the left coast. But uh, this is where I think the adversity. Uh, starts to kick in a little bit. It's in Buffalo, home field advantage to the Bills. Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, again, compelling television. But I do think Buffalo wins the game. 
All right, and so the next week you get Tampa, but Tampa's at home. That's the one thing about it, and, and, and you wonder where Tom Brady is. Like if if Tampa comes off to a slow start, and he know he has all this money sitting in a television booth waiting for him, I wonder how Tom Brady's going to be when you hit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday, November 27th, and so that'll be week 12. And that that stretch right there is going to be extremely tough. Yeah, it really is because with Tom Brady back, the Buccaneers are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. But of the, of the two games, I just I think it's plausible the Browns could split those games. And quite frankly, I think that's what they need to do. But just to kind of balance this thing out and not just be you know complete Homer Show podcast here playing the schedule game, I'll say this is where the Browns lose back to back games for the first time in the season. So I'm going to give them a loss there. Uh, just because of the Tom Brady Hall of Fame factor. And again, just trying to balance this thing out. But uh, back-to-back losses here uh, in November. They're on the, uh, the 20th and the 27th to the Bills and the Bucks, the Killer Bees. All right, as interesting as it might be week one to see Baker Mayfield on the sidelines uh, against Carolina, it could be really interesting to see Deshaun Watson going up against Houston on December 4th as the Browns travel to the Texans. Yeah, and I, I, I like Deshaun uh, going to Houston and winning that game. Uh, he'll certainly be plenty motivated. Remember, he did not play during the 2021 season. Uh, that was a, you know, a mutual agreement between the two parties uh, at following his trade uh, request, which came just months after he had signed a contract extension with them, uh, which the Browns then, of course, tore up and gave him $230 million, uh, guaranteed cash. But, yeah, I, 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 there's going to be some distraction that week four. Uh, Deshaun, but I'm confident that he's mature enough to be able to deal with it. He's certainly going to be motivated, wanting to go to Houston and put on the show, so I say the Browns win that game. Three of the last five games for the Browns are against the AFC North, which I think makes things great. And then the next two weeks after after you're traveling to Houston, then you make the short trip down to Cincinnati and you take on the Bengals, who are coming back as the AFC champions, and then you know this is their game at Cincinnati and um, – It'll be interesting. It it will again. This is a game where I think it depends on who our quarterback is. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, assuming four will be on the field, I, I think that they lose this one. I, I the goal, as I mentioned earlier, split within the division. At worst, I do think they split with the Bengals this year. Even though the Browns uh, have had a tremendous amount of success against Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, uh, but I, I think that uh, Cincinnati uh, bounces back and starts this stretch run for the Browns on a sour note. All right, so now we're down to the final four games of the season, the last quarter. Uh, the Ravens on Saturday, December 17th, that game could be on a Saturday or a Sunday. It's one of those flex games. Remember, we were in that last year. Yep. Uh, but that game is at home. And uh, what am I looking at here for December 17th? Uh, you're probably looking at uh, temperatures between 30 and 37 degrees on the lakefront. Who knows what the wind's like at that game, too? Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the home field advantage uh, will kind of kick in. Uh, I had them losing earlier uh, this year in Baltimore, so I'm going to split it and say that the Browns win uh, at First Energy Stadium and knock off the Ravens and really position themselves – uh, for an intriguing holiday stretch. All right, speaking of the holidays, now we get to Christmas Eve, and you've got the Saints. Uh, what, what, three games on Christmas Eve? 
right? Is there or, no or three games on Christmas? One it, of the yeah, there's a triple. It's, it's it's the triple header on Christmas. On Christmas, okay. So as the, the NFL the... tries to overshadow the NBA, because as we know, the uh, the Christmas holiday has traditionally been the NBA's holiday, but uh, Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, so too bad NBA. Well, the good part, the good part about that Christmas Eve game is that it is in Cleveland again. So again, and the, the Saints and that's are coming to town. What what better are. team to have in town on Christmas than my New Orleans Saints? <laughs> so you've got them on Christmas Eve. That's the final regular season home game uh, for the Browns as well. Right. You got a dome team coming to Cleveland on Christmas Eve. Temperatures in the 30s and the 20s. If your quarterback is healthy and is playing well and the rest of the team is healthy, that that could be a nice game for the Browns. I'm very conflicted about this, but Drew Brees, let's be honest about it, is retired. He is no longer the quarterback of the Saints. Sean Payton is no longer the coach. So, uh, yeah, I got the Browns. Uh, No bah humbug this year. No coal in the stocking. Uh, The Browns get a win, and uh, everybody going to be drinking eggnog in celebration. All right, we're going into the final two games of the season. They're both on the road against Washington and Pittsburgh. What's the record you have for the Browns at this point? Uh, don't make me do math. Uh, let's see here. I think I got them at ten and five. They're ten so are and they five. In the, are they in the playoffs at ten and five? Uh, I'll tell you if they're in the playoffs when we're done. All right, sounds good enough. Let's go to the next games uh, at Washington. The first time we'll ever see the Commanders. So as Ooh. awkward as it has felt to see the Guardians. It is equally as awkward to say the Commanders. Happy New Year, Browns fans. Win number 11. Here it comes against Carson Wentz, maybe, and the Commanders. Uh, They start the New Year uh, 2023 off on the right foot. They win their 11th of the season, and that gets them into the playoffs. So January 1st, with two weeks to go in the season, it looks like the the Browns can make the playoffs according to Daryl Ryder's wisdom. And so now you go into the last week of the season – and you'll be jockeying for playoff position, or if I'm listening to you right, you may actually have a chance to rest some guys that last week of the season at Pittsburgh if things go well, and Deshaun Watson is your starting quarterback. Yeah, but it's Heinz Field, and the Browns, unless it's a playoff game, always lose at Heinz Field. So they're going to lose the season finale uh, against the Steelers, but they finish 11-6, and and that will be good enough to get them into the postseason. I don't know if 11-6 and is going to win them the division, Andy, but I feel pretty confident that uh, if they, if the Browns are relatively healthy this year, I, I really like this schedule for them, and I think it's going to be a very fun, fun season. I've got them finishing 11-6, and six, and I just hope I don't live to regret this as much as I regret picking them to go to the Super Bowl last year. Well, don't feel bad because I have them around the same thing. I just I can't, I can't get a handle on if it's like 9, 10, or 11. Yeah. I th- if if Deshaun Watson is quarterback, I feel like it's eleven, and I and we're on the same page. But it, you just don't know. We don't know what's going on with the suspension. So when I see Deshaun under center, I'll say the schedule game plays out to uh, eleven wins. If I don't, and Jacoby Brissett's there, I feel like they're going to be a five hundred team. They'll have opportunities to make the playoffs, but um, they'll have to go above and beyond uh, at the end of the season. And it could feel very much like the Steelers making the playoffs last year. The Browns could be in that same kind of similar situation if Jacoby Brissett is their starting quarterback for this season. At least that's the way I see it. All right, so, Daryl, we have played the schedule game, and I know we've asked people to hang around. It was a big story, to me at least. I looked, and I was following you on Instagram, and you had said, or was it Twitter, that you had said Deshaun Watson had blocked you. And I was like, 
Why would Deshaun Watson block Daryl Ryder? Yeah, I, I don't know. I certainly didn't uh, tweet, uh, write, or post anything offensive uh, about him or direct any uh, vulgarity or profanity uh, at him. Um, you know, so I, I, screen, I, I was shocked, too, a little surprised. Not upset. I just was surprised, uh, you know, because it is important for me uh, as someone who covers the team on a daily basis to be able to see players' social media. It, it, because in this day and age, players make news on social media. That's that's just, you know, where we're at. So it's important for me to be able to to see what they post and, uh, and, and whatnot. So was kind of surprised. So uh, I made the fatal mistake of trying to have a little fun with it. Uh, we all remember the, the Chris Mortensen ESPN report about, uh, you know, someone in the organization telling him that they wanted an adult in the room at quarterback uh, right. to replace Baker Mayfield, a little veiled shot uh, at six. So uh, I thought that I was going to have a little innocent fun, screen uh, shot the fact that Deshaun blocked me, and then, you know, post, hey, this is the new uh, adult in the room, hashtag Browns. Mm. And right. I ended up getting ratioed in a very profane, uh, vulgar way by Browns fans. And so I uh, ended up having to spend the next 48 hours uh, blocking uh, a lot of fans. Uh, almost 1,000 fans I, I had to block because of the direct messages and the, the comments that were being uh, thrown my way. Um, and, you know, and then that led to... Um, you know, fans coming at me for not being an adult and taking all of the vulgarity and profanity that was being directed in my uh, direction. And so uh, my response to that is, I, I, I get it, right? Uh, you know, being called a hypocrite because, you know, uh, I'm making wisecracks about Deshaun blocking me and then here I am blocking fans. Well, let me explain to you the difference. The difference is, uh, the messages that I was receiving, I had to close the DMs uh, to fans because it, like, I can't even read them. Even though we're on a podcast and we don't have to worry about right. the FCC or anything like that, we, we, we want to keep this a very fr family-friendly podcast. And so my thing is, if, if, my, my rules for blocking are that if you hate following me so much, I'm doing you a favor if I block you, uh, number one, right. or if you think I suck at my <laughs> job so bad. Again, I'm doing you a favor by blocking you. You don't have to see what I post anymore, so I don't know why you're mad that I block you. And then, right. and then the trigger for me to block is if you uh, spew vulgarity at me. Um, I just I don't believe that that's how you converse with people. I think that regardless of how you feel about somebody, that you treat them with respect. Uh, my my job, my position, I am required to treat. Uh, listeners and followers with respect. And that means that I do not uh, post anything profane or vulgar or offensive or, you know, whatnot uh, in response or just in general. So uh, I expect that to be a two-lane highway there. Don't send it to me. If you want to say, hey, I stink at my job or I need to be better at this or whatever, I'm all about the free speech. But when you start going the seven dirty words on me and then some, uh, and, uh, you know, calling me a bunch of names and, and things like that. I, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm not going to put up with it. I'm going to block you. And that's the end of it. And again, if you want to sit there and say, I stink of my job, don't get, don't complain about being blocked because I'm doing you the public service. I don't want to trigger you. I don't, I don't want to put you in a bad mood by following me and you see my, you know, tweets pop up or whatever. 
Like, so don't be mad at me if I block you. You should be overjoyed. Thank God. I don't have to see Daryl Ryder's tweets anymore because he's a jerk or insert whatever <laughs> vulgar name you want to call me uh, there. But yeah, so, so th- you know, that's the difference. I didn't tweet anything profane or vulgar at Deshaun. Right. I didn't, you know, take veiled shots at Deshaun or anything like that. Unfortunately, we have a very sensitive, difficult situation that we have to talk about and I have to write about and cover uh, in regards to these allegations, I have stressed that these are allegations. It's not my job to adjudicate the cases that are, are levied against him. Um, I hate the fact that we have to do so much hot take in our business uh, at times, uh, you know, especially with this. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I've done radio shows and like, so do you think he gets suspended? Do you think he did it? Are you, you, if, you know, you, do you, you don't believe the it? women. And, and it's like, no, it's I don't know. I wasn't in the room. I just know what I've been told. I know what I've read. Uh, I've read the filings and, and, and things like that. It's it's not my job to say whether he's guilty or innocent. That's for the court of law to determine, uh, or in this case, liability, because that's what right. he is. What's going on here? This is about liability. Two grand juries have said there's not enough to uh, prosecute him criminally. So, um, you know, it, I, I I certainly don't enjoy it. Uh, the fact that you know, we're doing a, we had some fun doing a schedule game. We don't know if Deshaun gets to play all 17. I'm not rooting for him to, to be suspended at all. I hope he plays all 17. Um, I think he's an electrifying player uh, from a pure football standpoint. It was absolutely the right move to make from a personal standpoint. Yeah. I mean, the Browns have to wear uh, the the bad press that, that comes with him right now because of uh, what he is accused of. And uh, again, uh, it, you know, I think we have a responsibility to take the allegations seriously. And that doesn't mean that we say he did it uh, that, or that we're convicting him of something. But I, I do think it's important that, um, you know, as prevalent as sexual assault is, I mean, Andy, I, I've had seven women who I've known for years tell me that they, uh, after the, this trade went down, tell me that they were victims of sexual assault or rape. And mm. I, I was, and, you know, pardon my ignorance, I, I know it's out there. I know it happens. It's terrible that it happens. Um, I had no idea just how prevalent sexual assault is in our society. I, I admit and I feel terrible that I was so ignorant to that. So, yeah, I, I, I think that y- you do have to take the allegations that have been levied against him seriously And I think you can take him seriously without convicting him in the court of public opinion and allowing these processes to play out. But, yeah, tough, tough week on social media. I'm not going to lie because I look, I don't like reading that. You're human. You're human. Yeah. I I, I mean, I feel the same way, Daryl. Like when I start looking at some of the stuff and it used to really affect me when we were doing the shows on the air, I'm like. And, and then you got to remember that, and again, th- this has nothing to do with Sean Watson, that when you're looking at some of the social media stuff, you're like, okay, this is one person. I wonder how many people that person reflects. I think that goes through my mind a lot. Oh, I found um, out that it reflects a lot of people because I got a lot of them. Like I said, yeah. I, I unfortunately, I ended up blocking like a thousand people over a 48 to 72 hour stretch. That's how, yeah, I think that's this, how bad yeah. it was. That I mean, this it, is. It, 
Yeah, it was pretty ugly. Why, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, but, Daryl, this is why, like, I, mute is the greatest button on earth. And, you know, when I was looking for inspiration when I start getting mean tweets and stuff like that, I just go back to Jay Billis. I go to Jay Billis's account, and yeah. I look and I see Jay Billis follows no one and has thousands of followers. So yeah. that was interesting. Okay, Daryl, so we've got Rookie Minicamp coming up. We'll talk about that on the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. want to thank Meredith Kane, our producer, and, of course, Daryl Ryder, our outstanding Browns beat reporter at 92.3 The Fan. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. Feel free to hop in, too, on Twitter with us, at Game Day CLE. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.